On the 13th of June, we honor St. Anthony of Padua. St. Anthony was born in Portugal. He was an Augustinian canon for about 11 years. At the age of 15, he entered the Augustinians. And in 1220, he received with the Augustinian canons a number of Franciscan friars who brought with them the remains of five of their brothers who had been martyred in Morocco. St. Anthony was deeply inspired by this example of faith and love for Christ, and he decided to enter the Franciscans at the age of 25. He wanted to travel to Morocco so that he too could die a martyr's death. But on the way he fell terribly ill, and on his way back to Portugal, very terrible winds drove the ship off course to Sicily. He joined some friars at the chapter of the order, or a great meeting of the order of the Franciscans in 1221, at what's called the Portiuncula, which is near Assisi. The Portiuncula is just a very small chapel in a field. Anthony was overlooked, and he wasn't given an assignment. So he went to Gracian, the provincial of Romagna, and asked that he could go to northern Italy with some of the friars and live in a hermitage near Bologna. He joined the other friars in very simple tasks, um, sweeping and cleaning and scouring. And then he would give himself to a deep life of prayer in the hermitage. In 1222, Anthony was present at a gathering of newly ordained priests. And he was asked to say some words before the friars had their meal. It was recognized immediately that Anthony was a man of deep learning and intelligence who had mastered his ability to communicate the truth of the scriptures. He was appointed the Franciscan preacher to northern Italy, which he carried out for two years, and then he went to France in the years 20, 1224 to 1227 before returning to Italy for the last years of his life. We don't have many extant writings from St. Anthony, a man who is known for his great eloquence and love for people and his ability to move their hearts to the love of God. But he had written a number of sermons which were more like a guide for preachers, sermons on the feast of the liturgical year, sermons for Sundays, sermons in praise of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he writes in the introduction that he composed these sermons for the consolation of the friars or the preachers, the edification of the faithful, and the remission of his own sins. He prepared his written sermons in Latin, but when he preached, he spoke in the language of the people, in Portuguese or Italian or French. Often he ended his sermons on a prayer of joy and hope, using the word Alleluia. He had a great sense of what the sermon should be as an expression of truth, which would enlighten the mind of the hearer, and that the sermon had to be sincere. That is, the preacher had to be making a, a true effort to put into practice what he was preaching and be an example of the Christian life. And finally, he thought that the purpose of the sermon was to open the hearts of the congregation to change their lives for the better. Thomas Gallus, a learned Augustinian abbot and a dear friend of Anthony, said of him 
that like St. John the Baptist, he was a lamp burning and shining, a source of light, and someone with a heart on fire for the love of the people he was serving. He was a man who wasn't afraid of taking on controversy. In 1231, he went to Verona to confront the tyrant Ezzelino and to intercede for the release of certain prisoners. This ended in failure. So here we have an example of the great saint being subject to the failures we all experience. And the failure is more poignant in a way because it came after his final and brilliantly successful season of Lenten preaching. In his preaching, he would use examples from science to keep the hearer attentive and interested so that they would listen to the truth that he was preaching. Other ideas of Anthony which can help us are, first of all, in regard to confession and the, secondly, the mercy of God. Confession leads us to the embrace of our loving Father and regularly Anthony would return to the theme of the mercy of God to move the hearts of his hearers. What I would like to give you to conclude in this summary of the beautiful mind and teaching of St. Anthony as one of our great doctors of the church is his teaching on the mutual love of heaven. Often he would speak about the joy and the glory of heaven to inspire the hearts of his hearers to live a Christ life like, to look towards the goal of their Christian life. And here he, explain, here he explains something which is truly beautiful about our hope for heaven. There would be no jealousy in heaven and the splendor of one would be different from others, but still it would be a shared splendor. So I'll quote you here one of his sermons and just to get a, a sense of the beauty of his words. I shall rejoice over your well-being as though it were my own, and you will rejoice over mine as though it were yours. To use an example, see, we are standing together and I have a rose in my hand. The rose is mine, and yet you, no less than I, rejoice in its beauty and its perfume. So shall it be in eternal life. My glory shall be your consolation and exaltation, and yours shall be mine. This is a beautiful vision of the mutual sharing of love and joy that we will experience together in heaven.